God has made it very clear in Scripture what He wants His church to accomplish. We are to make an impact for His kingdom. Matthew 22 gives us our mission. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. To put it simply, a love for God and following in the ways of Jesus should be the motivation for everything we do. Likewise, the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself tells us that if we don't have love for our neighbor, then we simply don't know the heart of God. The church is to make an impact for the kingdom of God in a broken world and that looks like sacrificial, generous, and compassionate love for all people. Jesus gave his followers clear instructions in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given them. Our mission is clear. Following Jesus for our community as we make an impact for his kingdom. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here today. Welcome, welcome. Uh, if you happen to be a first-timer, a special welcome to you. We are so glad that you've chosen to be here today and to worship with us. Um, I'm Shannon Patterson. I get to be the lead pastor here and, and be a part of this amazing ministry and, and get to... Is our band not amazing? Are they not incredible? <clears throat> and I already told a few of you, it's always a good day to come to church and hear a little Fleetwood Mac to start the day. So um, Google it later. Um, it's a... Students, it's a... It's a band, and um, no, I'm just kidding. If you love music, you know who Fleetwood Mac is. So, but now we're really glad that you're here, and like I said, a special uh, welcome to those of you that are first timers because we are our sole purpose, our sole purpose for existing, for being here, for for moving out from downtown and coming and being here is it's one thing. It's, it's one thing only, and everything we do centers around this one thing. So from the moment you pulled onto the campus and you saw the people in the red shirts and you came into the door and you saw some more people in red shirts and you, you dropped your kids off uh, in, the, in, the different, in our room here, the nursery or in our kids' building and you saw the people in the gray shirts or red shirts and, and you see the people and our amazing band leading us in, in worship and just all, we have one purpose. Me standing up here talking to you, it's one purpose and that is for you to know that God loves you. And that Jesus Christ has come, to, has come to give you life. That's it. Everything we do revolves around this. Everything, every purpose we have centers around this. And so I hope that you sense that, especially if you're a first-timer. If you've been here for a while, I hope that you see that and understand that. Because we have a, a mission statement here. We have a tagline here. And it is, does anyone want to help me out? Following Jesus for our community. How about let's try it again? Following Jesus for our community. This is our purpose. This is our whole goal. And, and so we want you to be people who say, I'm, in, I'm buying into this. I'm a part of this. This is what I understand to be true. And, and so for or, in order for us to do this well, we need you as the church. We need you as the body of Christ. We, we want you to, to be present and participate and, and be part of all that's going on. Thank you, honey. So I love technology. I just send my husband a text and say, hey, can you bring me some water? Um, I guess I could have just said it over the microphone, but that would have... Yeah, thank you, honey. Everyone say, thank you, honey. <laughs> so we want to be 
part of all this, following Jesus for our community. So I hope that you will, you will see this. You'll get a sense of this. This is what we've been talking about the last several weeks. You know, we're three months into, uh, three weeks and three months and one week into being a church in our community, and I'm really excited for where God is taking us. Okay, so Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. And we're in our third week of this series called Impact. And, and so we, in the first week, we, we talked about, we, we established the fact that if we want to make a true impact, if we really want to make an impact for Jesus, we have to first be impacted by Jesus, right? We can't just say, you know, just in name only be a follower of Jesus. Like, we have to have been truly impacted for us to understand the need, the necessity for other people to be impacted, all right? So we talked about that in the first week. And then last week, we talked about that if you know Jesus, even if you're like a one-minute-old follower of Jesus, right? Like, you're just one step into this thing. Even if that's as far as you've gone so far, that you have been equipped to make an impact for Jesus, that, that God can use you. Like, don't disqualify yourself just because you think you don't have it all together or you don't know it all, that we have been equipped to make an impact by the Holy Spirit of God. And so today, I want to start with this thought for the day, and if you're a note-taker, I think this is worth writing down. And we start with this, so impact is what we're talking about, right? Here's the first thought of the day. Good works, apart from the transformative power of Jesus... Good works apart from the transformative power of Jesus have only a temporary impact. Okay, so the good works that can be done, okay, the, 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 the momentary things, the, the nice things, the, the, the pleasant things, you know, the paying for someone's uh, food that's behind you in the car line, those things are, are, are nice. But... Good works, apart from the transformative power of Jesus, are just temporary. They will not last. They won't have that ripple effect that we've been talking about. So, but I do want you to hear me on this. Please hear me. I'm not saying that good works are bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that having a temporary impact on someone is bad. I don't mean that either. In fact, what we find Jesus doing, if you go and read Scripture, what you find Jesus doing is that what he would do is he would take the temporary needs that people had, he would identify, he would see them, he would know them, he would know that there was someone who was hungry or there was someone who was sick. He would, he would know this, this temporary need they had, and what he would do is he would engage them with eternal possibilities. Like Jesus didn't just go around and heal people because they needed to be healed, like he just wanted them to have good health. No, no, he, he knew they had this temporary need, but he came with eternal possibilities. And that's really what I want us to see today. You know, when I think about good works and I think about the temporary needs, for instance, when we, when we offer to feed someone, when we bring someone a meal or we do like a canned food drive, right? That's a temporary need, okay? Because you can't buy some canned goods and feed a family and that family's not gonna eat forever. They're gonna eat that food until that food is gone. It's a temporary Need or or even um, you know if there's a clothing drive you know like we know some people that might need coats like you know that those coats are going to wear out or you know if root if you know there's a big storm and trees come down and we you know we give out tarps to to put over you know on onto roofs or roofs depending on you know your where you are in the country you know where you live so or roofs who said do you guys say roof I, I'm sorry yes thank you are you from the Midwest sir. 
Yes, uh, Oklahoma, we say roofs. Now get up on the roof. Uh, anyway, I digress. That's not in my notes. It's always dangerous, Shannon. Temporary, eternal. Temporary impact, eternal impact. What's, what's the possibility here? See, there's always going to be hunger. There's always going to be storms. There's always, and I don't mean that to be a pessimist. That's just the reality of the life that you and I live in. But that shouldn't make us want to give up, right? It shouldn't make us go, well, then why even bother? No, what it should make us do is, as, as Jesus did, it's for us to find ways to make an eternal impact through those types of ongoing needs. Okay, and I'm getting to a point here I, I really want us to hear today. Because, see, as followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we don't want to make only a temporary impact. That, that, we don't want to do that. We don't want to just leave it there. We want to make an eternal impact, right? If we're a follower of Jesus, then Jesus should be part of what we're doing. So we don't want to just go and, and do something nice, you know, and then you know, maybe throw out a God bless you as we drive away. No, we actually want to consider the eternal impact that can be made. And so, because we're in the series, right, talking about impact, I hope, I hope, I pray that you have been thinking as individuals, as, as couples, as families, as a community group, as, as a group of people that you, you know, do life with, that you spend time with, I hope that you have been considering ways that you can make an impact. I hope this has been on your mind. If it hasn't, then I hope it starts to be on your mind. I want us to be sure that we consider the potential for eternal impact made, for us to consider what that looks like. I was made aware this weekend, as I'm, as I'm sure probably many of you were on Facebook, of a need for a mom and her six children who came out of a, of a domestic uh, issue, and, and DFACS has them, they've got them housing, they're, they're, they're being cared for, like the, the basics going on, um, but they need beds, they need bedding, they need basic household items because there's nothing. They came out and with nothing. Um, and so I was made aware of this. Now, in my nature and in my position, what I would normally do and what many of you have seen me do before, you've, you've read it, I would immediately I'd go to our Facebook page, I would tell you about this, I would say, who can bring what? Who can, you know, drop it off here at the church. You know, bring it all in. Let's do it. And we'll find someone with a truck, and we'll go drop it off, and we'll take care of them, and, and we'll do, you know, yay. I've done that before. I've done it many times. Many of you have been part of us doing that. I hesitated to do that. I didn't do that this time. It's not because I don't care. It's not because I don't care about this mom. It's not because I don't care about these six kids. But I really felt as if the Lord said, stop, like, wait. And so what I did is I just spent time in prayer, and I've spent time in prayer about this. And my prayer has been very specific. My prayer has been that a community group from our church would feel led to take this on. That a community group would say to this mom and these six children, yes, we want to help you, but we also want to connect with you. We want to be the liaison with you. We want you to connect to the church. We want you to know Jesus. This isn't going to be just a drop-off of goods. We want to have an eternal impact in your life. 
And so my prayer has been is that a community group or a group of people who have yet to say they're actually a community group, but really you are, would come together and say, we want to do this. And if that doesn't happen here, then my prayer is that, that there is a group of people who will walk alongside of this mother, not one time, but into the future. Because, folks, that's the eternal impact. We don't want just the, the temporary. And so... Um, that's kind of where I am. Now, if you're hearing me and you're thinking, is this something? Is this something, Lord? Then I'll tell you this. Uh, check out Called to Care, Lowndes County. Called to Care, Lowndes County on Facebook. And you can find out more information about that. But I would urge you, if you're feeling that nudge, please think eternally and not just temporarily. Please think eternally. Because like, like the government programs are already kind of in place and they're already kind of doing what they can for her. They're, they're not going to leave her to, to you know, just be in a, you know, a, a walled building without, without you know, furniture and, and, and items needed you know, to cook and that kind of stuff. That's gonna, that will come from somebody sometime very soon. But, but what about the eternal impact possibility that's here to be made? And see, Jesus, what he did, and we find this in Luke chapter 5, is he gave us an example of meeting a temporary need while making the eternal need most important. And we find this with Jesus a lot, that it's not that he didn't care about the temporary needs. He did. He, he was fully human, so he understood the temporary needs of, of hunger or, or, you know, wellness. Like, he, he got that, but he, he, he focused in on the eternal needs, and, and he gives us this example in Luke chapter 5. Now, as you've noticed in this series, and probably even in our community series before it, I say this a lot. This passage is probably going to be very familiar to a lot of you. If you've grown up in church and Sunday school and Bible studies, that kind of thing, I'm going to start telling this story, and you're going to go, okay, got it. What I would ask is that you would hear this with fresh ears. You would see this with fresh eyes. See what the Lord might want to say to you. Because in Luke chapter 5, what we find is there is a, a group of people, friends. And um, they have, one of their friends is paralyzed. And they hear that Jesus is speaking somewhere. And so they're going to go and hear Jesus. They've heard that Jesus heals people. And they're going to take their paralyzed friend because they've heard this. They believe this. They believe that there's a possibility that Jesus is actually able to heal a paralyzed person. And so they take their friend there. Now, are they best friends? We don't know exactly, but we know they're good enough friends to tote their friend around on a mat, right? You've got to be pretty good friends to commit to doing that. And they're such good friends that when they get to the place, it's packed out. No one can get in. They can't get into the house where Jesus is speaking. They, they can't get in there. So I don't know. I, I don't, you know, if I think about myself and the kind of friend I am, I'm like, hey, sorry. You know, like that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I am. Like, man, I'm sorry that didn't work out, you know, kind of thing. But, but what do these friends do? They couple of them, you know, shimmy on up there on the roof, and they take this thatched roof now, so it's not as difficult as what, you know, we think about with shingles and all the stuff, but, but they peel back the roof of a house because they believe that Jesus can heal their friend. And so they peel back the roof, they get their friend up on the roof, okay, they're committed, and they lower their friend down. 
And so while Jesus is teaching and talking and people are, obviously people are there, they want to hear this, they want to see this, they are, he comes, you know, like floating down from the sky. You know, here he comes. And then Jesus, he does something that, you know, for a lot of us that have read this passage, we go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Jesus did his thing. He does his Jesus-y things. You know, there was some healing that went on. There was some forgiving of the sins that went on. That's what Jesus does. But note the order. The first thing Jesus says in, in verse 20 of Luke 5, seeing their faith, he's talking about the faith of the friends that were committed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. See, Jesus knew the, the temporary need. And as much as we would like to think that being healed from paralysis is like a super-duper eternal deal, it's not. We have eternal body. I mean, we have temporary bodies, folks. Our bodies are not eternal. So even the healing of paralysis was not a long-term solution. It might feel like it. But it, Jesus looked at this situation, and he saw the temporary need, which was being able to move your arms and legs now where you couldn't before. He got that. He understood that need. But the very first thing he did was forgive the man's sins. Now, it says that Jesus saw their faith, and that's why he forgave their sins. But is there a chance that some of these friends were like, um, um, excuse me, Jesus, sir, um, thank you for the forgiving of the sins, but like we brought him here because he can't walk like we've been toting him around and like we just like took out this guy's roof and you know they're sweating you know they're 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 tired you know they're like we're committed to this guy but we were really hoping that he was going to walk out of here with us and so See, they were focused on the temporary. Now, they, they believed that Jesus could do it, but their first need was temporary. Jesus said, I say you're temporary, but first let's take care of the eternal. Folks, I want to say this to you right now, and, and I say this especially even people that are watching us online, or you might suggest this message for someone later, and I want to say this. Either you or someone you know right now is in a circumstance, in a situation and though it feels like it's eternal and it's never going to end or there's no hope in sight or there's no light at the end of the tunnel, they feel like this is everything. Jesus cares about that very much. He's actually fully aware of what's going on, even maybe more so than you are. But his first concern is the eternal. And, and so if you are finding yourself and you're needing the fix, you're needing the temporary fix, you're needing the help, I get it, and we don't want to be callous to that. Jesus wasn't callous to that. But first and foremost, I want you to hear it. I want you to know that there is life, and it is found through Jesus Christ. And maybe these temporary things that you're needing help with, maybe they will start to diminish. Maybe they will, maybe they will stop happening because you start living into this life that Jesus gives and you start making choices and decisions and plans 
that start to take you in a different direction where you don't find that all the, the constant drama and, and issues and things are constantly throwing these temporary pressures on you. You with me? Jesus, he, he knew, he saw, he even felt the temporary needs that all of us in here have, have felt before. But his first priority was the eternal. So he looked at the man who couldn't move his arms or legs. We knew there was some kind of paralysis. We knew he couldn't get there on his own. But he looked at him, and, and some of us might have been in places where we thought, Jesus, I need you to fix this. And the first thing he wants to say to us is, I love you. And you want to be like, that's great and all, but I need you to fix this. Oh, but I love you. I know, Jesus, but can't you? I love you. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but please, can't you? I love you. I think for a lot of us, if we would change our perspective, then we would start to see things eternally. Then, then the temporary won't have such the, the, the influence. It won't have the, the negative impact that it has on many of us. Jesus was concerned about the eternal. And so he says to the young man, your sins are forgiven. Jesus always saw the bigger picture. This man's soul was at stake. And so we find in verse 21, what we often find when Jesus is doing his ministry and doing what Jesus does, and he challenges what, what people thought they knew about God and about religion. And it says, the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. See, remember, at this point, this is, this is new in the ministry. I mean, Jesus had a reputation, but still there was, you know, it, nobody knew. And in verse 22, Jesus, being Jesus, he knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? And then in verse 23, we could spend a whole lot of time on verse 23 because it's, very, it's a very profound question. And basically, if you boil it down, what Jesus is doing is he's saying, look, you're used to temporary. You're used to temporary, so you're actually like, you know, which is harder to do? Is it harder to, to make a person that couldn't walk get up and walk to heal them? Or is it to forgive sins? Like, which is the greatest thing? Which is, which is the more astounding? See, a lot of us, we, we, you know, I stand up here and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus, will, he's forgiven your sins. Like, you call on the name of Jesus, and you walk in new life with Jesus, and your life will never, ever be the same, and you can be freed from that. And a lot of us, because we've heard this, we've, we've even bought into it, but, you know, we still kind of, you know, back and forth between it all. You know, we go, okay, that's great, but whoa, healing from being paralyzed? Like, that would blow, I mean, if someone came in here, that would blow our minds if someone were healed in here today. We'd be talking about that. And Jesus is saying, why are, you, why are these even in comparison? What I'm saying to you is, son, the young man, your sins are forgiven is greater. So he asked that question. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So, verse 24, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, I'm going to prove to you that I have the ability to make lame people walk. 
He didn't say, I'm going to prove that I am the greatest healer that's ever been. He didn't say that. No. He says, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Why? Because that's the eternal impact. That was most important. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. His sins were forgiven, eternal. He was healed, temporary. Jesus had this perspective. He was most concerned about the, the spiritual needs. He was not callous to the physical needs, but he was most concerned about the spiritual and so as we set out, okay, so this is what Jesus did. How do we do this? As we set out, like I said, I hope you've been thinking, how can you make an impact? What are the very, where's where, where God positioned you to make an impact, like an, a real impact? As followers of Christ in, in the community that we live in, let's follow this example of Jesus. And instead of just looking at the temporary, which is easy for us to do, let's also see the eternal impact and if you look at Jesus you find that he made eternal impact all the time in everyday things everyday things I mean you find this where Jesus is walking along a road and he has a conversation eternal impact we saw last week he's going to get a drink of water at a well he makes an eternal impact based on water He's walking along the shore when he's, you know, he is making an eternal impact. And Jesus was deeply relational. Jesus didn't need the disciples. He didn't need them. But he desired to have them walk along. He wanted to equip them. Jesus, he was so relational. And what you often find, all the time, when you read scripture, is that it really seems that Jesus much more preferred the company of people who were outside of the church than the people who only wanted to be inside the church all the time. And I see this over and over again. He was deeper relational. And so what I would say to us then, how do we take this on? How do we live this out? The best thing that I think I can do to encourage you to, to make an eternal impact is for you to build relationships or to identify the relationships you already have with people who need an eternal impact to the point that it, it, it just but you see them in the everyday like they're around you in the everyday things so what I would say then as, as, as a church leader as, as you know the staff I guess what we're not going to do then because we want to free you up is we're not going to run ministries inside our church like every single night of the week that we ask you and beg you and guilt you into being a part of we're not going to do that why because we want you to have we want you to have the ability to actually be present in our community you know we want to we don't want to call you here to this place three four five nights of the week no we want to we want to free you up to to be present in the community just like jesus was so, you know, as the church, we, we want to do this. And so things like, you know what, we encourage you to, if you're freed up, then you can do things like, you know, get involved in your kid's school, you know, or, um, you know, play in that, that basketball league that you were like, you know, you, you said you used to be able to dunk it. Well, you know what, you know, dig out your old sweatbands and let and go, you know, do that. Or, you know, maybe your knees really are shot. And so instead of, but you can coach. 
Like maybe you and a couple of people say, you know what, let's coach. You know what, my kids are growing. That's okay. We're going to, you know what, I used to coach 15 years ago. I'm going to get with a couple of friends, and we're going to go coach this team at Parks and Rec or Boys Club, and we're going to pour into these kids. And you know what, we're going to, for this, this season, we're going we're gonna to teach these kids. We're going we're gonna to talk to them about integrity. We're going to talk to them about, about character. Um, it's going to go way beyond just, you know, winning a game. Uh, we're going to get to know their parents. We're going to find out about them. We're going we're gonna to celebrate with them. We're, we're going to have a big party at the end, and we're going to know these kids, and, and then next year we're going to have a team again. And we're going to make an impact on these kids. See, if you can't do that if we're asking you to be here five nights a week or something, and y'all wouldn't show up anyway. That's way too much to be coming to the thing. I mean, that's just way much. That's, you know, volunteer with one of the countless countless organizations and agencies in our community that are making a temporary impact but by your very presence by your very influence you could have an eternal impact on someone or several people see it's available there we want to be present in our community because simply put folks you cannot eternally impact people that you don't know you can't it's impossible you cannot eternally impact people that you do not know. So we're not going to create every possible type of opportunity for you to sign up for. Which I'll tell you, it was hard for me to not send that out about the mom and the kids. I trust and believe fully that they're going to get beds and they're going to get the things they need. What I'm praying for is for a small group of people to commit to walking alongside of this family. It doesn't take like 300 people. It takes, it takes a, a small group of people to say this and to do this. You know what we do? One of the things we said when we started as a church was we are going to do things. We're going to keep things simple. We want to do them well. We want to review them often. And that's what we've been doing. So do you know right now we are only doing five ministries in our church? Five. Which some people might think, that's a lot. And others might think, well, goodness gracious, what are y'all doing all day? You know, but five ministries, here we're doing worship, okay? It's very important. We all need to get together and worship. We want to, we want to do this well. Um, serve teams. Serve teams are so important. So we, that's a ministry. It is so important for us. Um, our community groups. That's another ministry. Very, very important. You've heard me say it. I'll keep saying it. Our kids ministry, super important. Our student ministry is so very important. Five things. Worship, serve teams, community groups, kids, and students. We want to do those well. And what do we ask then of our partners in ministry? What do we say? Okay, so we want you to be freed up, but we're partners in ministry together. We, we just say we just want three things from you. We, we don't want your whole life. We don't want anything like that. We would love for every person that said, I'm a partner in ministry at the Porch Community Church to say to serve one and worship one to once a week serve in one of the worship services on a serve team and then to be able to worship at the other one. Um, you know, if we just had 20 more people, just 20 more people sign up to be on our serve teams, then a lot of our folks in, that you see in red shirts every week, a lot of them are, are serving two services. Some of them haven't really sat down and been in a worship service since we started three months and one week ago so we ask people to 
serve one and worship one. The other thing we ask of folks is to be in a community group and serve through that group. That's the whole point, is we want people to serve through our community groups. And then lastly, we say, you know what? Will you give of your prayers and will you give of your resources? Will you financially support the ministries of the church so we can do them well so we can be present in our community? And that's what we ask. So I think about Jesus and I think about how he saw the temporary need. He was not like, oh, this, this is so not important. Let's talk only about Jesus. No, he was with people. He stood alongside of people. He held their hands. He touched them. He looked them in the eye. He was present with them. But folks, he was so much about the eternal impact first. Young man, I forgive your sins. Then he said, stand up pick up your mat and walk so as you go out this week as you go into your communities and your homes and your business and your classes and your teams and your sports and your hobbies and all the things I mean just look around this room imagine how many places you guys are going to go this week and how many people you are going to interact with this week and to know and understand that there is opportunity for eternal impact to be made. In the very simple, just like Jesus, walking around, talking about water, talking about fishing. I know some of you are like, well, that's great. That sounds like a great topic. Let's talk about fishing. This is just the everyday stuff. I want to remind you of two things I said because I think this is where we need to land this morning. Good works, apart from the transformative power of Jesus, have only a temporary impact. So let's, let's flip that. Let's make it about being as followers of Jesus. We don't want to just have a temporary impact. No, we want to make an eternal impact. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the way in which, for me, you've taken Luke 5, a very very familiar passage, and you have shown me that there is more to see in this. I pray, God, that that is what you've done today with all of our friends gathered here, that, that your word show us that too often we... Maybe we forget or we lose sight of, of our true purpose. Maybe for a while our purpose has been focused on, on being fed, like we needed stuff. We needed you. We needed renewal. We needed that. And, and that's, of course, certainly true. But God, would you turn our vision outward? Turn it outward so that we see people around us who are desperate for a touch from you. God, help us to see beyond the temporary. Help us to see the eternal. God, that we would make an impact for you that, that, only, that we could only do in your name and by your power. Show us, Lord. Lord, would you stir up in some people today a desire to help this family, to help this mom and her kids. Lord, and I know there's so many other needs that I'm not even aware of, but you are. Would you call us as your people to be truly present in people's lives, to shine the light on you, Jesus, 
and then we get out of the way and we let you impact them for your kingdom, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. In just a moment, you'll see the ushers coming down the aisle and a basket going by and